Okay, so uh, Second Peter, the, the second letter that the author, Peter, has written to uh, this group of Jesus followers that, that are scattered throughout the known world. And in this letter, he's been, he's been warning them. And, and, and one, he's been reminding them of uh, the past faithfulness of God. And he's going to do that today in the scripture we're going to look at. But then um, also we see this section that we've been going through where he's just warning them about these, these false teachers, these false prophets who are going to uh, arise. They're going to come into the church and they're going to deceive people. They're going to sound really great. They're going to sound spiritual. They're going to use scripture and, and people are going to buy into the messages that they're, that they're peddling and people are going to follow them. And we even talked about some of the defining characteristics of these people, which once again is a warning for us, right? When we see some of these uh, things. And, and so he's been warning them uh, about that. And then as we go into chapter three, he's going to remind them and then he's going to warn them again about another people group. And so let's uh, start this off in Second Peter chapter three, and we'll look at verses one through uh, four. And it says this. This is now the second letter that I am writing to you, beloved. In both of them, I am stirring up your sincere mind by way of reminder that you should remember the predictions of the holy prophets and the commandment of the Lord and Savior through your apostles. Knowing this, first of all, that scoffers will come in the last days with scoffing, following their own sinful desires. They will say, where is the promise of his coming? For ever since the fathers fell asleep, all things are continuing as they were from the beginning of creation. Okay, so, so in verse one, he says, I am writing to you, beloved, and, 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 he, and he mentions both letters. He says, in both of them, he says what? I am stirring up your sincere mind by way of reminder. So he says, listen, I'm not gonna pull any punches here. My goal here, just as in the last letter, is to stir you up, to awaken you to this reality, to awaken you to the message, to awaken you to the gospel. And he's going to speak to specifically the return of Jesus here in a minute. But I think there's something that we need to touch on uh, in our lives, in our culture right now, that's so critical for us. And it doesn't just touch uh, uh, our, our relationship with God here. It's an area that I think holistically we struggle with, and it's this, complacency. Complacency. Now, when we look at complacency, it's like, okay, so uh, complacency, like, like what is that? Complacency is, is essentially uh, the outcome of, satis of being satisfied, Right? So once you are satisfied with something, and is it wrong to be satisfied with something? It's okay, you can just nod no. Okay, right? Like two weeks ago, there was 18 people that got baptized here, and I got into my car, and I was very satisfied. I wasn't like, come on, God, what's wrong with you? Why aren't you moving? Why aren't you working? Like, no, there was a satisfying feeling, right? There was just a satisfaction in what God did. And guys, there's going to be a lot of moments in your life where you're going to experience these moments of just, just satisfaction in your life, uh, whether it's an accomplishment, whether, whether it's a moment with God, whether it's something with your kids, your parents, uh, there's going to be moments where you're going to be satisfied. Now, complacency is the outcome of what happens when you stay in that satisfaction, okay? So when it comes to a relationship with God, 
there, there, there's, there's a word that you'll hear us say, and it's called sanctification, okay? Sanctification, what that is, sanctification is the process, it's the movement towards God with your life, okay? So, so it's the process of becoming more like him, right? So, so it's growth, it's, it's not this arrival point, right? It's a continual growth process. Complacency is I have arrived and I'm good right? And we've seen complacency wreck a lot of areas of our lives, right? Like some of you uh, were very driven at some point. Uh, some of you are very consistent in certain things. You can actually be consistent and find your source of satisfaction in your consistency, and you can actually not be growing at the same time, right? Like, like there's some of us that consistently read our Bibles. Now, that doesn't mean you're continually growing, it just means you've made a habit of reading it. Some of you consistently pray. That doesn't mean that you're actively pursuing God. You may be evaluating yourself based upon just consistency. Now, is consistency bad? No, especially in this day and age. It's like, can anybody be consistent anymore? Right? Like, like you even think like, like, <laughs> like, like coming to church, we're like, yes, I made it. Like pre-COVID, it was like, I'm here, duh. And now... Now it's just like, <laughs> we did it. We did it. God is good, right? And, and, and so consistency is good, but, but we've got to ask, is there this, this, this satisfaction that is setting in that was never the design, right? In your marriage, you were never, your marriage was never designed to like, oh, I'm satisfied. Someone else agreed to love me for the rest of their life. I'm good. And I'm going to consistently go home and be there, right? No, it's so much more, isn't it? Or complacency will set in. Your job, your life, your, your desires, all of these things, complacency is desiring to hijack what God wants to do. And guys, it is so easy for us to become complacent in our relationship with God. It is so easy for us to get caught up in reading passages of scripture like today and going, this is a normal Sunday for me. These verses are very normal. I've heard these things before. And, 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 and your time with the Lord could be very normal, right? Uh, your, your, your prayer time, it's very easy for your prayer time to become complacent, right? Um, we, we can literally get to the point um, where we're, and, and I've been walking through uh, prayer with, with my kids, and, and one of them, like, the other night, he's like, oh, I figured it out. So he literally just prayed, God, I, I just, I pray for all the things I've been praying every night, Amen. And I almost went, oh, like, he figured something out. What do I do? Because God is all-knowing. Ooh. And, and, and he looked at me, and I went. <laughs> and I was like, okay, son, give me a minute, okay? <laughs> okay. All right, buddy. So, and he was like, well, God, why does God want me to repeat it? And I'm like, ah. I don't know. No. <laughs> he loves you. Um, kids, man, kids will stump you. Be careful sharing your faith with your kids. They'll get you, okay? Um, but how many of us feel like that, right? Our prayers, just the same thing. Over, over, over. God, I pray you do this. I pray you do that. I pray that I get that. I pray that that would happen. I pray for them. I pray for that. Lord. And you just, you just do this. 
You're no longer, you're, you're no longer going, God, I need you. I need this to happen. God, I pursue you. I know that if this doesn't happen, Lord, I don't know what's going to be next. God, if you don't intervene in that situation, I don't know what the result is going to be in their life. And that, right? There was a time when some of us, we went to the Lord like that. But then all of a sudden, just over time, it became a list that, that maybe you're really consistent with. But you actually look at it and you go, I'm, I'm kind of complacent, right? There, there was a time, <laughs> there was a time when, man, I came to church because I was like, I need this. I am a wreck. The world just crushed me all week. I had this go on, I had that. I failed there and that. I just need God. I need to be in community. I need to worship with people. Even if I don't like the song, I just need worship. I, I, I need a teaching. I need to be challenged. And there was a time that I was like hungry for that, right? But, but very quickly, as I come weekly, make it a rhythm, it can become what? Complacent. And guys, we've seen this, right? We've, we've already seen this play out. I mean, you look at, you look at like pre-COVID, right? Um, I don't even know how long ago that was. But, but going to church was a very normal thing, right? Uh, nobody was complaining for the most part, like, man, God, why don't people want to go to church? Like, like, no, like people were going to church. It was a very normal thing, right? And then all of a sudden, especially for us who rent spaces everywhere, um, things shut down. And all of a sudden it's taken from me. And, and I remember feeling like, my goodness, I need church. I miss this. I need that. So many of you, I would see you in the community, man, we need church. I need this. I miss this. And, 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 and trying so hard to find a space, right, just to be able to worship. And guys, our church, five moves. I mean, it, crazy, right? And, but then guess what happened then in that? Man, this online thing's kind of nice. And I'm not calling you out online. Well, maybe I am, but I mean, <laughs> there's people that watch from all over, like all over the country. So we're glad you're tuning in and, and uh, we know people's sickness, health stuff and all that. So we, we love you, but I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about something happened where all of a sudden we go, pajama church isn't that bad, <laughs> Right? I mean, I'm comfortable. If I don't like that song, skip. If, if Steve's talking too long, and, and nobody's gonna know, right? Very convenient. I'm eating a breakfast sandwich. I'm, I mean, I'm hanging out, right? I'm very comfortable. We got metal chairs. I mean, come on, right? Very comfortable, very comfortable. And all of a sudden, what happened? All of a sudden, I'm complacent in the very thing that I, I didn't like, I didn't want. And, 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 and so then it's like, well, what, what, what am I gonna do? And so you guys, every area of your life, but, but in particular, when it comes to your relationship with God and us as a church fulfilling what he has called us to do, we are going to be continually bombarded with complacency. It's not going to go away. And it's going to always be creeping at your door. And so Peter says, once again, I am writing this to stir you up, to awaken you, to shake the tree, 
to bring you back to this, to this reality, and in particular, the reality that Christ is going to come back. Now, now, we read that, and we've heard that message many times, right? And so for some of us in the room, we're like, well, duh. And why does he keep reminding them? You guys, because that truth, if I really believe that Christ is going to return, if I really believe that, it will change how I live right now. Amen? If I believe that, there's no way tomorrow I get up and tomorrow's just a normal day. There's no way if that's true and I believe that, that I look at the people in my life and I just go, oh, they agree, they disagree with me, whatever, like whatever, good luck to them and all that. No, I have urgency in those relationships. I have urgency in my job. I have urgency at my school. I have urgency with my roommates, with my teammates. It, it gives me a different way of, of living right? If I really believe that. And so he says, I want to stir up your understanding in this. And he says, what? We need to remember the predictions of the holy prophets and the command of our Lord and Savior through your apostles. Okay. And, and specifically, once again, he's saying, you need to remember all of the predictions in scripture that, that testify that Jesus is going to come back. He's going to return and, and the world is going to be judged. And we see this, like I said, all throughout scripture. In fact, uh, the prophets, I mean, so many of the prophets announced the day uh, of the Lord. In fact, Isaiah 66, 15 and 16, and this is intense, but I'm going to read it. He says, for behold, the Lord will come in fire and his chariots like the whirlwind to render his anger in fury and his rebuke with flames of fire. For by fire will the Lord enter into judgment and by his sword with all flesh and those slain by the Lord shall be many. Okay, so, so uh, all throughout the prophets, we, we, we see he's coming back. This warning, he will be coming back. The Messiah will be coming back. In the New Testament, we see Jesus emphasize his return over and over and over again. We see in Matthew 16, 27, Jesus says, for the Son of Man is going to come with his angels in the glory of his Father, and then he will repay each person according to what he has done. Okay, I'm coming back. Right? And in, uh, in, in Matthew 24, 29 and 30, he says this, immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light and the stars will fall from heaven and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then will appear in heaven the sign of the son of man and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn and they will see the son of man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. I mean, that's gnarly, right? Pretty incredible. Just even imagine what that is like. And then Jesus said this, and this is that warning, right? In Luke 12, 40, he said, you also must be ready for the son of man is coming at an hour you do not expect. So, so, so Jesus is like, I'm, I'm coming back. I, the, as the Messiah, I am coming back to you. And, you're, and, and what? Are we going to know when? No. So if someone says, well, I know when, just say, <laughs> no, you don't. Okay? They don't. Right? Now, now, a lot of people have said they did, right? They got large following, that, the news picked them up, all that, whatever. Good for you. You were trending for a moment. Then the next day happened. We're still here. Right? And, and, and so we don't know, right? So, so why does he say that? Well, well once again, he, Peter, or Peter is, is telling us, look at the testimony of Scripture. 
all throughout scripture, from the prophets in the old, to Jesus, to the apostles after Jesus. Paul alludes to the return of Christ over and over again. Uh, we see the apostle John who writes Revelation. Okay, all about the return of Jesus. 23 of the 27 New Testament uh, books um, literally uh, reference Christ's return. And so over and over and over again, the Bible tells us Jesus is coming back. Now, if it's going to do that over and over and over again, Scripture, which is the mouthpiece of God, is telling us stop treating this like it's normal. Stop allowing this to just be that next message about this truth that you've heard, that you know about, that's just a normal part of your rhythm. He says it cannot become that. Why? Because once again, believing this should change how we live now. And then he focuses on the opposition again. This time the opposition comes from people that he labels as scoffers. He says scoffers are going to come. Scoffers are going to infiltrate. Scoffers are going to be there. Scoffers are going to be in your life. We would call them in our language haters, right? There are certain people, as soon as I said they're a hater, you, you thought of specific people, right? In your mind, they're like, they're a hater, okay? And Taylor Swift didn't like coin that, right? When she was like, haters are going to hate, hate, hate. Like that, that came out way before her. That was like back in our day with musicians. So stop claiming that. But we do know that there is a characteristic when we think of a hater, right? They, they continue to what? To hate on whatever is going on in your life, whatever situation. In fact, there's certain people that you've labeled that you don't even tell them anything anymore what's going on in your life because you just don't even want to deal with it, right? And, and so there's those characteristics. Scoffers are the ones that are going to belittle anything great and they are going to mock or make fun of truth from Scripture, Right, so, so if you're gonna live for God, if, if, if you're gonna honor God, scoffers are gonna be the ones that are going to try to poke holes in what you believe, what you say you believe, and they're gonna challenge you in, in how you live, they're gonna call you out, they're gonna love to call you out, uh, and they're gonna call you a hypocrite, and, and, and then they're going to mock God's word. They're gonna use God's word and actually mock it uh, to try to get you to actually start to fall into this trap into this temptation. In fact, that's literally a scoffer means someone who mocks or makes fun of someone or something. Guys, throughout scripture, we see these scoffers. We just see them, right? We, we, we talked about Noah. We're gonna read about Noah here again in a minute. Guys, when Noah's building uh, the ark, do you think people were just sitting there going, well, of course, that makes sense. We've never seen rain. Of course, he should build a big boat. No, mocking him just mocking him day after day after day, just scoffing at him. Guys, some of you have, have shared your faith or you try to consistently share your faith. More than likely, at some point, someone has mocked you, right? More than likely, someone has scoffed at you. More than likely, someone has said, yeah, right, no way. That can't happen, that won't happen. This is why that's not true and you felt that opposition. Guys, why do people scoff? 
Why are, why are these scoffers the way they are? Well, we, we learn and read what about them? They scoff because they want to continue living in their sins. And sin is anything in opposition to God. So scoffers are going to scoff because they want to live how they want to live. And in particular, if Christ is coming back for judgment, of course they're gonna be in opposition to that, right? Because that spits in the face of everything they want, which is to do whatever they want. And you guys, when, when you read in scripture, and this will happen to you, I promise, if you read scripture, at some point, scripture is going to reveal something in you or in your life, and it's gonna be in opposition to scripture. Have you ever felt that? I'm just kidding, don't raise your hand. Right? We, we've all felt it. If you've read scripture, at some point, you hit something and you go, oh no, that's me. <laughs> that's my life, that's my mouth, that's my issue, that's my anger, that's that situation. Now, when I'm confronted with something in my life that's in opposition to God's word, I have two, I have two responses, right? There's two. I can either, what? Change what I'm doing to align with God's word, or I can change God's word to align with what I want to do. He says that is what the scoffers are gonna do. The scoffers are gonna twist, they're gonna take, they're gonna pull what they want in order to continue to do what they want to do. And man, I've said this before, guys. You can take verses in scripture and you could twist and distort them when you look at all of scripture and you could get them to honestly probably agree with almost anything you would wanna do. And so you've gotta know, you've gotta understand what God's word says. And, 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 and what's, what's, what's their main argument? He literally says their main argument that they're gonna be pushing against. They're gonna ask what? Where is this coming that he promised? Right? So, so in other words, uh, Peter's like, you need to remember, you need to be reminded of what the prophets taught about the return of Jesus. The scoffers are gonna say, hey, where is it? When's that happening? Right? Like, like hey, hey, this isn't a new message. This isn't a new story. Uh, we've been hearing this for centuries and it still hasn't happened. And, 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 and even, it hasn't happened, but, but also just, just look at, at the world. Look, the world has been consistently this way, right? Like there's an order, there's a way, there's, uh, there's, there's this uh, natural uh, explanation for why things are the way they are. And that's been consistent. So why in the world would you think something catastrophic like that could happen and change everything? Look back, like you're crazy for believing this. There's no way that could happen, right? And, 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 and it's way past due. Read your Bible. Look at all the people early on that thought it was happening in their day. In fact, as you look at Scripture, all of them believe it was happening in their day, and it hasn't. So why do you think it's going to happen in your day? That's the message. Sounds pretty reasonable, doesn't it, actually? Nothing has happened in the past, so there's no reason to believe it will happen in the future. 
So that's their message. That's what they're going to put. That's what they're going to question. And then in verses five through seven, Peter gives his response. He says, for they deliberately overlooked this fact that the heavens existed long ago and the earth was formed out of water and through water by the word of God and that by means of these, the world that then existed was deluged with water and perished. But by the same word, the heavens and earth that now exist are stored up for fire being kept until the day of judgment and destruction of the ungodly. So, so how did uh, Peter respond to the scoffers? How does he tell us to respond and the, the listeners at the time? He, he, he literally says, first of all, I want to remind you of what God has done in the past. And he says that these scoffers intentionally ignore. So they know it's there, but they're intentionally ignoring it as they come at you with this. And so, so Peter says, so, so let me just give you a couple really uh, high-level examples here. It's low-hanging fruit. He says, let me just reference this, creation and the flood. Okay, and, 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 and literally, as he references creation and the flood, you guys, if you read Genesis 1, uh, 1, 1, in fact, man, I'm just gonna read it. In Genesis 1, 1, it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night, and there was evening, and there was morning the first day. And God said, let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters, and let it separate the waters from the waters. And God made the expanse and separated the waters that were under the expanse from the waters that were above the expanse. And it was so. And God called the expanse heaven. And there was evening and there was morning the second day. And God said, let the waters under the heavens be gathered together into one place and let the dry land appear. And it was so. God called the dry land earth and the waters that were gathered together, he called the seas. And God saw that it was good. Then he made us. Do you guys see how many times in that that it says God said? Nine times in Genesis chapter one it says, and God said. You guys, God created the heavens and the earth by his word. By his word. In fact, in fact, Psalm 33, 9, it, it, it literally says, for he spoke and it came to be. He commanded and it stood firm. Okay, so not only was creation made by, by God's word, by just words, by him just saying, I want this to happen and it happens, but it was held together by that same word. And Peter's argument here is the God who created the world by his word can also intervene in this world, which is his world, and he can do whatever he wishes to do again. Okay, so, so he's literally like, I just want to remind you of what took place here and what God did just by his words. And he goes, listen, God did it then, and at any point in time, he can intervene again into his world, he created it, and, and do whatever he wants just by his words. 
Um, <laughs> when you think of it, it's his world, and he can just intervene and do whatever he wants. Um, you know, I'm reminded every now and again, I see my kids playing, and, uh, and we have a little sandbox, and, and there's little areas they'll play. And, and if I have some time, I'll jump in to the game that one of them is, is playing, and I'll try and play with them. Now, it's very clear when I jump into that game that the game is not mine. It's their game. And I am told I'm going to play it how they want. And if I'm given a character, that character has to behave how they want. And at any point in time, they can take that character, they can change the rules because it's their game, right? And, and they'll remind me of that. Guys, this is God's world. He has every right. And he, he literally created it with his word and he can intervene at any point and time and accomplish whatever he wants to accomplish. He says, remember that. The second thing he says is remember the flood. Now, Peter has already referenced the flood in relation to, to God's judgment, but, but, he, but he uses it as, as, this, that, as this catastrophic event that took place. And he says, you guys, you guys remember that one? That was a big one. Hey, do, you, do you remember how, how, how literally those people, they hadn't even seen a rainstorm or the fountains of the deep broken up and, and all of that? We can't even fathom that today, but, but uh, guess what? It happened. It hadn't happened and it happened. In other words, God intervened there and did something catastrophic that people hadn't seen, they didn't know it was possible, and it changed the course of history. And just as you can imagine the scoffers that were there, Peter's like, there's, there's scoffers now. And it's the same thing. It's the same question. It's, it's the same doubt that they're trying to put out there that, that God can't do this or that, 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 that he never could or that, listen, listen, this is how life is. It's normal. It's fixed. It's, 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 it's going in a distinct pattern and nothing can mess with that. And so that is the message that they're trying to do. But you guys, God has the power to break in at any time and accomplish his will. In fact, Psalm 115, three, it says, our God is in the heavens. He does all that he pleases. Now, the question for you and me is, do I pray that way? Right? Do I pray that way? Do I pray in accordance with that truth? says, the same word that created and sustains the world is now holding it together. He says, stored with fire, being preserved for that future day of judgment. Listen, he promised after the flood, he would never flood the earth again. He said, the next judgment is going to be a judgment of fire. The day of the Lord that was promised is going to come. Jesus is going to come back. And, and I'll tell you right now, this is what the scoffers are going to say. If he is, then why the delay? Why the delay? Now, next week, <laughs> I'm gonna tell you why the delay. Yeah, see how I did that? Um, but, guys, I, I want you to, to hear this because this is so important. That question is not gonna go away. And that, may, that question for you may not even come from a scoffer. That may be just a thought that the enemy puts in your mind. Because here's what I see over and over again. And this is my own struggle here. 
I read these verses, I hear and I understand that God is all-powerful, that this is his earth. He can, he can supernaturally intervene at any point in time and accomplish whatever he wants. So why the delay in this prayer request? Why the delay in the, the response that I'm asking for? Why the delay when I'm seeking you? Why the delay in reaching that person? Why the delay with my health, with their health, right? Like, like these, are the, these are those moments, aren't they? When we really question, when we really doubt, it, it comes from that. And the scoffers are gonna use it in relation to the day of the Lord, but the enemy, you guys, is going to infiltrate your mind and try and get into your heart with that thought every single day. The question of this, if God can do that, why is he delaying? Why is he not fixing this right now, if he could? Why, why isn't he fixing my marriage? Why isn't he fixing this issue with my kid? Why isn't he doing that? I, I, I'm doing everything I can for you, God. What, why? What's the delay? And guys, the enemy is going to over and over and over again plant that in your mind because the enemy believes if, if he can get you to think about it enough, it will ultimately hijack your faith and then distract you from what you should be praying. Right, because when I am so fixated on a delay, guess what, that consumes me, doesn't it? Right, everything, everything is about why haven't you come through yet? Why haven't you done this? I don't see the point, I, I, I need this to happen. And, and it just, it becomes this all-consuming thing, doesn't it? And I've experienced this, I know many of you have experienced that. Guys, the enemy wants us to get caught up in that cycle because when I'm in that cycle, I am not urgently pursuing Jesus anymore. I'm not urgently pursuing my calling. I'm not urgently going, God, use me right now. I'm not urgently saying, okay, God, well, that hasn't happened yet, but this is what's in front of me. And so I'm gonna pursue you with what is in front of me. Right? Like, like, like you don't pray that anymore. When delay is dominating your mind. And so you've got to be aware of that. People are going to throw that into your life. People that aren't saved, family members, friends, coworkers, they're going to say, hey, you're, you're praying to God for that? Well, why hasn't God come through for you? Why do you keep praying to him? Why do you keep talking to him? Why do you keep going to that church? Nothing's happening. Have you heard that? I have. The enemy's going to use that, guys. Guys, the reality of Christ's return, that must awaken us and excite us to live godly lives today and to absolutely, with urgency, proclaim the gospel. Proclaim the message of Jesus and the hope that can be found in Jesus. I wanna close with these verses in, in Romans chapter 13, verses 11 and 12. It says, besides this, you know the time that the hour has come for you to wake from sleep for salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed. The night is far gone, the day is at hand. So then let us cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. The time is near and near. Today, we're closer than we were yesterday. And that either is just a normal thought, a normal rhythm, a normal part of my relationship with God, or it drives me. Tomorrow morning, when I wake up, I have this opportunity. I, I, I have this incredible opportunity. And guys, I know that you're, maybe you're avoiding it, but it's here. The fall is here. It's okay. You can just embrace it, right? Yeah. It's here. Dropped off my kids at school this week. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No. Um, 
Some of you did both, right? And, and he immediately hits me. Here we go. Here we go. It's just like everything changed, shifted. Everything changed. And all of a sudden, I'm talking to my boys. I'm talking, we're talking to our family. Okay, witness and, and, what, and what does God want to do in this season, in this new season with these new relationships and new teachers, new coaches, all these things, right? And, and in my own life, I'm like, man, it's the fall. And, and there's all these different opportunities. There's unique opportunities. And, and, and just being at this point in history when it feels like for the first time in three years, there's somewhat of a normal fall process. And I either just go, okay, I'm just going to take it as it comes make the most of it, keep my head above water, or I go, Jesus is coming back. And I have a unique opportunity in this community for this time to do something great for Jesus. And that's the message in my home, and that's the message for our church, that we have this opportunity and that changes everything, right? It changes. Instead of me looking at a seat next to me in church and going, oh, thank goodness. <laughs> I go, oh man, I know who needs to be in that seat. I know them. God, give me an opportunity to invite them. God, give me an opportunity. Like, like guys, people are waiting for the hope that you have. They're waiting to be asked. They're waiting to be invited. They're waiting to hear. Let's go. Jesus is coming back. Amen? I'm gonna pray for us, but guys, I wanna just highlight two things this is the fall. In the fall, we're going to give you tons of opportunities to grow and to get involved and get connected. And there's two in particular that I just want to talk about. One is School of Bible. Guys, so many of us have, have hit this wall in our relationship with God through our understanding of God's word. School of Bible is an incredible opportunity for you to grow and to understand God's word to a greater degree and to equip you. And guys, that's starting very soon. It's gonna be Wednesday nights. I wanna encourage you to go out there after the gathering. If you know that's for you and God is tugging on your heart, go out there and sign up for School of Bible. Make that a part of your life for the next eight or nine months. The other thing is volunteering. Guys, there's so many opportunities to volunteer and serve. And if you were here two weeks ago, you saw people getting baptized from all ages. And that's the result of people of all ages serving in all of these different areas. And God's using them. And so for some of you, I just want to encourage you. What a great opportunity this fall to start serving in some capacity and to be used by God. He's gifted every single one of you for something. I want you to consider what that is. But guys urgency. Let's, let's awake. Let's, let's wake ourselves back up to what he's calling us to remember. Let's pray.